Pastor Chooks Obina Ogoye. Pastor Chooks is the lead pastor of Resurrection Life Church in Johannesburg. He is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God and has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. Pastor Chooks has been involved and active in marketplace ministries. He's an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. He has taught and facilitated many leadership and entrepreneurship courses and seminars. He is the host of broadcast programs on Facebook, YouTube, and several podcast channels. Living the life with Pastor Chooks, the amazing power of woman. Thank God, it's Friday. Good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another edition of our online masterclass, Understanding the Goodness of God. My name is Chuck Sugohe. Uh, tonight is episode 209, 209, and we have been sharing on uh, a sub a thought or a sub-series uh, under the uh, Understanding the Goodness of God series. This, this series is titled, The Goodness of God Manifest When We Wait for Him. The Goodness of God Manifest When We Wait for Him. And tonight is the third installment in that series of teachings. We've been learning about the goodness of God as it connects with waiting on God. All right, a few things that we have established in the last few episodes. Number one is that everybody waits on God. Everybody waits for God. At some point or the other, everybody looks to God and waits for God to supply what they need. So if you find yourself waiting... There's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing extraordinary about your situation. It's just the way it is. We wait on God. We wait for God to bring stuff through. All right? Uh, we also said that the justice of God uh, makes sure that you are compensated for the times that you waited. The justice of God. God, God God's justice system is very powerful. And his justice system makes sure that for your shame you get a double. Right, and then we we concluded yesterday saying that when you are waiting, God is either working on you or working on it. He's either working on what you're waiting for and and making it ready for you, or working on you making it ready for it. Right? So every time there's waiting, it's not a wasted period. God is busy doing something. All right, tonight let's start at Isaiah chapter sixty-four. At verse 4, again, Isaiah 64, verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has seen, has, nor has the eye seen any God beside you. So the five senses of man had never picked up a God that, that is like our God. <laughs> Who asks for those who wait for him? I, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, go deeper on this verse today. He says, from, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, talking about the ears, or not perceived by the ear, nor, nor has seen with the eyes. So he's talking about our physical senses. In other words, in, in, the, in the realm of the natural, in the realm of the of the uh, material, the three-dimensional world that is perceived by the senses of man, 
there is not a God. There's not a God that that stands beside our God. In other words, all the deities that people worship, and people worship all kinds of things, and so on, there is none that compares with our God. And what is one of those things that stand our God apart? There are many things that stand our God apart from, you know, other smaller gods and other deities. In fact, those are demons, you know, that people worship. Angels and so on. You know, what stands our God as almighty in, in a class of his own? There's a God, there's, there's no God besides our God in a class of his own. What is that? It is here. He's a God who acts for those who wait for him. He's a God who acts for those who wait for him. So if you are genuinely waiting on God, he will act for you. If you are genuinely waiting on God, he will act for you. The Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. So if your expectation is locked in on him, it will not be cut off. It will not amount to nothing. Something will come out of it. So, so this is what stands our God apart from every other thing that people worship. And the, and, and the Bible says, it says a God that acts for those who wait for him. So, I don't know what you're waiting for and you're trusting God to bring through. If you are, listen, if you are genuinely waiting for him, if you are genuinely waiting for him, that thing will come to pass. Your expectation will not be cut off. That thing will come to pass. He will deliver. That's what stands our God, you know, uh, in a class of his own, that he, he comes through. His goodness causes him to manifest, you know, for those who wait for him. So if that is the truth, if that is the truth, I can tell you now that the enemy since he knows the nature of the God we serve, that people who genuinely wait for him, people who correctly wait for him, people who authentically wait for him, he comes through for them. So if, if, if that's the truth, and it is the truth, then it must be that the enemy will try to make sure that you don't wait for him genuinely, or you don't wait for him accurately, or you don't wait for him uh, correctly. That you you are deceived into thinking you're waiting for him, and and he you do something wrong and you you miss you know you are you are you are misaligned, so that you will not get your blessing. The enemy always wants you to miss your blessing. He always wants you to miss your blessing. That's just it. So if God is unique in the sense that He always comes through for those who wait for Him, who genuinely wait for Him then the enemy will want to corrupt your waiting process. The enemy will want to uh, uh, compromise your waiting process so that you are not really waiting for him or you have messed up the waiting protocol so that you miss your blessing. Because if your blessing is coming because you are genuinely waiting for him or waiting for God, then the enemy wants to upset that because he doesn't want you to get your blessing. Remember that God is the constant here. God is the dependable one here. God is the consistent one here. So, so if there's anybody to, to be manipulated, if there's anything to be, to be uh, um, twisted in the, in the equation, it's you. And the enemy knows that he cannot twist God to change his position or to change his nature. 
This is who he is. He asks for those who wait for him. So the devil knows that I cannot corrupt God. I cannot tempt God. I cannot push God to do what, you know, uh, otherwise, other than what he would want to do. So the next is, who is the next variable in the equation? Man, you. Eh, okay. So if you are the variable in the equation, then, then you must be the, the focus of the enemy's uh, um, um, attack. Because if if God as a variable uh, as a as an element in the equation cannot be uh, manipulated, you you are also an element in the equation, and you can be manipulated. So so the enemy tries to manipulate you, so that you miss your blessing. I, I want to show you tonight. I think six ways that the enemy corrupts the waiting process. That the enemy interferes with the waiting process, so that we are misaligned so that we disconnect so that the waiting process is wasted that we don't get our blessing now this is very important for you to get this because every believer as we have said every believer at one point or the other would have to wait on god for something and this is this is one of the you know uh, this is one message that every believer must understand because you will be in a position where you're waiting. Either you're waiting for a miracle of healing, a miracle of provision, a miracle of lifting or promotion, a miracle of divine preservation and protection. You are waiting on God to do something for you. So the enemy wants to, would like to corrupt the waiting process so that what you are waiting for does not eventually get to you. That your wait is in vain, that your wait is, wait is wasted, God forbid. So I want to teach you, you know, six things that the enemy could do to make your waiting to be in vain, to make your to make your waiting, you know, to be wasted, so that you don't get what it is that you are waiting on God for. And then when that happens, you know, the, the same enemy will turn around and say, "You see, God is not faithful. You see, God is not good. You see, God did not answer you. You see, God did not come through." No, no, no. God always comes through. God is faithful. That's what his word says. God is faithful. He is dependable. He is faithful. He is consistently consistent. That's what it means to be faithful. So in terms of faithfulness and consistency, you can bank on God that he is, he is, on the, he is the unchangeable changer. He does not change. He remains stable. He remains consistent. So if something didn't work out, if you are believing and it didn't come through, it's not God. Let me say that again. If you are believing for something and it never came through, it's not God's fault. It doesn't come from Him. The problem is on your side. And I want to open your eyes to see it so that, so that the enemy does not, you know, uh, manipulate you and deceive you. Look, look at this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. So, so we need to, we need to, uh, you know, uh, be aware, be aware of the different ways that the enemy uh, it could, could, you know, attack and move and, and cause the process to be frustrated and the process to yield nothing. Look at this. The Bible says, lest Satan should take advantage of us. Satan always wants to take advantage of us. He wants to take advantage of you. Listen to me. Every promise that God has made, God is faithful to deliver on his promises. God is faithful. But the enemy you know, wants to take advantage of us and cause us to miss out on something. Taking advantage means take the upper hand. And he says there, he says, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We should not be 
ignorant of the devices of the devil, his tactics, his, his strategies, his plans, his, his modus operandi. We should not be ignorant of it. Ignorance of the devices of the enemy will cause him to have the upper hand. Let me say that again. Ignorance of the devices, of the plans, of the tricks of the enemy will cause him to have, to gain the upper hand over you and cause you to lose and cause you to be denied the things that God has for you. So we, we want to examine some of his devices when it comes to the issue of waiting. That's what our time together tonight is about. We want to examine the devices of the enemy that he, he pulls up so to cause our waiting to be in vain. Your, your waiting for God will not be in vain. I say amen. Your waiting for God, your waiting on God will not be in vain. You will get what it is that you are looking for. Alright, number one. The enemy causes us sometimes while we are waiting to become impatient. Impatience that will lead us to engage fleshly plans, fleshly agenda, fleshly, you know, canal thinking. We engage the canal mind instead of staying with the with the mind of Christ. We engage the carnal mind and begin to come up with plans, you know, that God did not sanction. So Sometimes some of these plans are not even sinful. They are just not authorized and approved by God. So, so the enemy can make you devolve to the flesh because of impatience. Now look at what happened to Abraham, Sarah, and then Hagar. They had waited, you know, for, for the promise of God uh, regarding a son. After 13 years, 12, 13 years of waiting, Sarah calls her husband one day, one morning and says, Honey, you know, did God say that this child must come from me? It looks like I'm the one who has the barrenness problem. You know, can we not make a plan? Abraham said, What are you thinking about? He says, No, that girl, I see, I see, you know, the maid we have. Our neighbors do it, you know, people in the area do it. You know, I, I, I can, you know, authorize you. To take him into the bedroom and and we can have a child through through her. We can have this child through her. And Sarah came up with that that plan and it looked like a brilliant plan, but it was a fleshly plan. They got tired of waiting. They got tired of waiting for the promise of God. And Abraham agreed. Ishmael was conceived. Ishmael is a child of the flesh. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't by the spirit of God. It was by the arm of flesh. And that was why God rejected Ishmael. God never accepted Ishmael. God never took Ishmael, you know, as the promised child. No, 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 no. And that's what happens. So be careful that you don't become impatient and move out of the will of God. You become impatient and take things into your own hands. You know, you know, it, it, it was something that, Abraham and Sarah could do. I mean, the maid was already in their house. It was something they could do. She was an Egyptian. She was already in the house. And because they could do it, didn't mean they should do it. Because they could do it, didn't mean they should do it. And they did it. And guess what? They, they lost out on, on, on the blessings of God on that child. That child was not blessed by God. So impatience, beware of impatience. You know, the waiting process can become tedious. It can become stretching 
that we resort to the arm of flesh to help ourselves. And even people who quote scriptures, no, not even scriptures. People quote, you know, heaven helps those who help themselves. That thing is not in the Bible. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. Heaven helps, no, no, heaven actually helps those who cannot help themselves. So, so you don't have to help yourself because your patience has run out. I've seen this happen many times. You know, I, I remember a, a, a minister of the gospel that I was working with at some point in the very, very, very early years of my ministry. And this woman was doing an amazing work for God. And, and, uh, and then at some point, they got tired of waiting, waiting for God to, to bless them with a life partner. They got tired. And I remember one day we were talking, and, and, and she said it, you know, you know, if God does not bless me with a, with a husband, you know, I will backslide. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Are you blackmail, trying to blackmail God? I will backslide. You know, so we, we talked about, and I, and it seemed like a joke, but I knew it was not a joke. Two, two, two years down the road, this woman went and got pregnant for, for an unbeliever and abandoned the ministry. She left the church she was pastoring. She left the work of God that she was doing and, and, and moved in with a, with a, a stark unbeliever. With a stark unbeliever. You know, so, so it's, a, it's a problem. Impatience. Impatience made her engage the flesh and she missed out. She lost her ministry. She gave up on the church and she backslid and she went back to the world and, and went to go and have a baby. You know, you know it's, it, it, it was a temptation that David did not yield to. Remember when David was anointed at age 17 and he was waiting for the official um, manifestation of that anointing whereby the, the kingdom will be handed over to him properly uh, in public, in the open. While he was waiting, that, wait, excuse me, that waiting period lasted for about 13 years. And in those 13 years, Saul had developed a very unusual obsession to, to, with, with, with the idea of killing David. Saul had become very jealous of David and started chasing David up and down. He, he, you know, one thing that David did not do, David did not get impatient with the process whereby he took, you know, the laws into his own hands. There were two times or two, yeah, two opportunities he had to kill Saul and become the king. But David didn't do it. David did not resort to the flesh. He did not. He, he resisted the temptation to resort to the flesh to help himself to, to, to work out the plan of God. Let me tell you something. What God wants to do, he knows how to do it. You don't have to help him. You don't have to help him. You know, people do that all the time. Oh, people resort to all kinds of, you know, maneuverings and manipulations and, you know, just to, to get themselves help. Beware of that. Number two, beware of Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife was a seductress. Who came to lure Joseph into sin while Joseph was waiting for the promise of God to come to pass in his life? And this, this, this seductress, uh, she's always around. She's always around. And, and by the way, you know, in Joseph's case, it was, you know, a woman, Mrs. Potiphar. For a man, for a, a woman, he can come in the form of a man. Somebody, somebody who tries to lure you away into sexual immorality 
when you are waiting on the Lord for something. Beware of it. There will be opportunities like that. You know, it happened to Joseph. Joseph resisted. It happened to David, unfortunately. And David fell into the sin of adultery. He committed adultery with, with, a, with the wife of his servant. With the wife of his servant. Because, you know, uh, uh, the Bible said that he, he, when, when men went to war, he, he, he stayed at home. He stayed at home. Why he didn't go, I don't know. You know, whether he was tired, whether he was frustrated, whether he was, I don't know. We don't know why he didn't go to war when other people were going to war. You know, maybe he had become, he become, you know, I don't know, drunk on his own success or waiting on God for something and he was so frustrated, he stayed at home. And then the temptation of Bathsheba came and he fell for it. He fell for it. So, so beware of the seductress. I called her, I called her Mrs. Potiphar. But beware of seduction to sexual immorality in the seasons of waiting. Beware of it. In the seasons of waiting. You know, you know it, I've seen it happen over and over again. People were, you know, building their business and, and waiting on God for the breakthrough. And in the season of waiting, the seductress shows up and then they, 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 get into, they get into bed with the seductress and they miss out on the blessings of God. Thank God for Joseph, who had the presence of mind and the discipline and the fear of God and the fear of God to say, I am waiting on God. I fear him. I fear him. I'm waiting on him. I will not do this. And he chose not to do it. You know, and, and, and this is very important even in our day and generation, there are many brothers who are waiting on God for a wife. Beware of the seductress. There are many sisters who are waiting on God for a husband. Beware of the seducing man. Beware of the spirit of seduction. Beware of it. Don't, don't throw caution to the wind and then jump into bed you know, with, with somebody illegally on holy alliances you know, uh, because you are tired of waiting, because you are tired of, of waiting for God's time to deliver, you know, to you your God-ordained spouse. Don't, don't, don't fall into that temptation. Let, let, me, let me keep going. Number three, getting tired and giving up. Getting tired and giving up. There are people who have, you know, thrown in the towel in the midst of the weights. They waited and they got tired. Let me ask you a question. What will make you tired? What will make you tired? Why are you getting tired? You are getting tired because something in your mind tells you that you can't wait anymore. Or that it's, not, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So, so you, you use your carnal mind to, to make a decision that, you know, it's not worth waiting for anymore. So you threw in the towel and you quit the process. Be careful. You, 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 those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. You have to wait on the Lord in such a manner as that your strength is being renewed. Your strength is being renewed, not depleted. Your strength must be renewed in the process of waiting. If Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. If your strength is not being renewed when you are waiting, you're waiting the wrong way. When you're supposed to be waiting on the Lord and your strength is not being renewed, your, your passion is not being renewed, you are waiting the wrong way. Did you hear what I said? You are waiting the wrong way. 
If you wait properly, if you wait properly, your strength ought to be renewed while you wait. Say, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like the eagle, as it is, you know, written behind me right there. They shall mount up with wings. They, 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 their strength is renewed if you're waiting properly. One of the ways that you, you know that you're waiting properly is that your strength gets renewed. So when you feel tired, when you feel weary, when you feel frustrated, you are able to lock in and draw strength from the Lord. Because, see, if God is wanting, is wanting to bless you in the season of waiting, I can guarantee you that he also wants to strengthen you in the season of waiting. Let me say that again. If God wants to bless you and reward you for your waiting, the God I know, the good God I know, his heart is also to encourage you and renew your strength whenever you give feel tired. Look at what happened to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says, you know, when he got weary and got overwhelmed or almost overwhelmed with, with uh, the pressure of what was, you know, in front of him, he said, Father, is it not possible for this cup to pass over me? You know, while he was there, and Bible said he was sweating blood from, from his skin. The, the sweat coming out from him were drops of blood. And, and it was so intense. The Bible says, and angels were sent to encourage him, to strengthen him. And they strengthened him. That's the God we serve. Because when you are waiting properly, strength is sent to you to renew you, to refresh you. How you know that you are no longer waiting properly is if you're not getting refreshing, if you're not getting a renewal of strength, then you know that you have disconnected from the flow, from the flow, from the flow, from the presence of God. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. I want to, I want to read out the scripture for you there. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. The Bible says, Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. He wants to strengthen you with all might for all patience. So there's a, there's a strength required for patience to run. There's a strength required for long-suffering to have joy with it. There's a strength required. And God is willing to send that strength to you. He actually has a supply of strength. So whenever you're feeling tired in the seasons of waiting, you need to look to God and say, Lord, strengthen me. Ah, strengthen me. I don't want to give up. I don't want to get tired. Strengthen me. Encourage me. And he will strengthen you. Remember that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our helper. You don't need to throw in the towel because you are tired. No, no. He is our helper. You don't need to throw in the towel. You, you can receive help from him and let him renew your strength. Let him renew your vigor. Let him renew your, your courage to continue believing and waiting because the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off in the name of Jesus. Number four. Number four temptation. Number four strategy and device of the devil is to cause you to drain your courage and then you default to murmuring. You default to grumbling. You default to complaining. He, will, you know, he wants to drain your courage. You will say no to it. He wants to drain your courage so that you are now a murmurer. You are now a grumbler. You are now a complainer. That's what happened to Israel in the wilderness. 
they constantly lost courage in the midst of difficulties they lost courage to wait on the lord they lost courage to keep their eyes on god they lost courage and they devolved you know defaulted back into grumbling into murmuring there's something wrong with grumbling and murmuring you can't be murmuring god you have not blessed me god you have not blessed me yeah, 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 yeah. god you have not blessed me yeah you know <laughs> murmuring and grumbling is is forbidding scriptures the book of philippians says it we should not murmur and grumble murmuring and grumbling is not is not a virtuous thing to do so don't let the enemy drain you of your courage that you default to murmuring and grumbling look look at scriptures in 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 psalm 62 verse 5 psalm 62 verse number 5 he says my soul wait silently wait silently for god alone for my expectation is from him he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense i shall not be moved wait silently not wait with grumbling and murmuring and complaining no wait silently so so the enemy doesn't want you to wait silently the enemy wants you to wait with grumbling and complaining and if you are waiting with grumbling and complaining then you know you are missing out on the right way to wait on the lord the right way to wait on the lord is to wait silently is to wait patiently is to wait silently and not to grumble not to complain not to murmur all right let me go to the number five my time is 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 running my time is running number five device of the enemy is to cost you to waste precious learning seasons i i we said it yesterday that the season of waiting is a season of learning he said lead me to your truth lead me to the truth and teach me while i wait on you so so when you're waiting on the lord he's teaching you he's training you he's imparting himself to you so the enemy wants to make sure that that season is wasted by causing you not to be open to learn for causing you to lose sight of the fact that this is a learning season so you are unteachable in the moment you are not listening to the holy spirit you are not receiving the instruction that the, that's a very big temptation when you're waiting on the lord is a season to learn and how do you know that a student is ready to learn they are willing to write they're they are willing to take notes one of the things that the enemy wants to do is to make sure that this season you're not learning what you're supposed to learn and if you're not learning what you're supposed to learn then the season is being wasted so whenever you're waiting on the lord that's when you should journal when the spirit of god is teaching you stuff write it down write it down write it down write it down and and then go over it again because you are in school waiting period is school is school season is school time so you 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 know take notes of the things that god is teaching you because the enemy wants you to waste precious learning moment because if you learn something you grow if you learn something you move forward but if you don't learn anything you remain where you were and and the and the delay continues and and it drags out why did israel spend 40 years in the wilderness they couldn't learn they couldn't learn they were hard-hearted bible said they were stiff-necked people they couldn't learn anything 
So every time that God, you know, wants to teach them something, they just did not learn. You know, you can go through experiences and not learn anything. So avoid that temptation. Don't let the devil waste this season for you. Open your heart and learn. Write down the things that the Spirit of God is saying. You know, go through your lessons. If you have accountability partners or mentors, sit down with them and share with them what you are learning in the season of waiting. Because that could actually be the reason why you're waiting. That God might equip you and build you up and train you and, and lift you to a certain stature for the assignment that he has for you. So if you're not learning what you're supposed to learn, you're not taking notes, you're not, you're not you know, internalizing the lessons, you are allowing the season to waste. And the enemy will want that. The enemy really wants to waste the season. But you say no. We say no to that. Amen. And then the last one for... For, for tonight the enemy will want you number six the enemy will want you to wait without eager anticipation without eager the, the key word there is eager anticipation if, when you are not in eager anticipation you are no longer in faith when you are not in eager anticipation you are not in faith so, so he wants you to wait without faith because you are no longer expecting I, I know people who are waiting on God for the miracle of marriage. And then the devil moves them out of eager anticipation. They are now in a place where they say, you know, it doesn't matter. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it's okay. If it happens, Nah, that's not faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's a difference between entering into the rest of faith and resigning. They are not the same. You, you can't resign. You can't resign. Don't let the devil make you resign. You got to stay in faith. When you are in faith, you're, you are resting. And when you are resting, you know it's done. It's not the case where if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, you know, no, you have resigned. That's resignation. Resignation is not the same thing as resting in faith. When you're resting, when your faith has entered into the state of rest, in other words, you know that you know that it's done. You're not, you're not fretting anymore. You know that that, 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 that desire will come to pass. That, that, you know, that maybe marriage, the, the husband will come. Maybe a promotion, the promotion will come. Maybe, you know, the success of the business. You know, you're not resigning. The enemy wants you to resign. Throw in the towel and, and, and say, que sera, sera. what will be, will be. No, 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 no. What will be, will be is not faith. <laughs> what will be, will be is not faith. And the enemy wants you to get out of faith. For why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible. Impossible, not difficult. Impossible to please God. So if you can move your gear out of, you know, out of, out of sync, then he has succeeded. Because you are now out of faith. You are now, you know, not aligned. Then the miracle, you know, might as well just float away and just go. The devil is a liar. I'm going to stop here for tonight. I hope you got, you know, six things. Beware of impatience. Number one, beware of this seduction to sexual immorality while you're waiting. Beware of getting tired and giving up. You know, deny the, the, deny the urge to quit. Number four, you know, don't, don't lose courage and devolve or default into grumbling and complaining. Beware of that. You know, then number five, beware of wasting seasons of learning. And then number six, beware of resignation and, and waiting without eager anticipation. Beware of that. Those are the six that I can give you for tonight. We will continue next week as we continue to look into the subject of waiting on God and receiving what we are waiting for. The goodness of God manifests when we wait for him. Good night. God bless you.
There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.